Come on. Art, are you ready? I am ready, George. I like it. I'm ready. The people are ready. Let's go. Welcome to Money Savage Engage. Art Bell is a former media executive. He's known for creating, building, and managing successful cable television channels. And he is the author of Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. I'm excited to have you on. Art, tell us a little bit about your personal life, some more about your work, and why you do what you do. Thanks, George. And uh, first, thanks for having me on. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Um, you know, in the last few years, I've been a writer. I, uh, I started writing memoir, and then I found myself writing this memoir about my biggest adventure in my career, which was uh, starting Comedy Central and working on that for, uh, for uh, eight or nine years. It was crazy. And I thought it would make a good story, so that's what I did. Um, I found I love writing. I'm still working on short stories. I'm writing a novel. But I started as a kid being interested in comedy. That's what I wanted to do, something in comedy. I loved comedy. I, you know, I did some performing a little bit in, um, in high school and in college, mostly sketch, sketch comedy, not so much stand-up. Um, but then I got interested in college and economics. And I graduated with an economics major, and lo and behold, I got a job offer in Washington to work at a consulting firm as an economist. And I took it. Uh, some of my friends went out to L.A. to become comedy writers. I said, ah, that'll never work for me. And uh, I became an economist. After three years of that, I decided, you know, I, I don't think I really want to do this for the rest of my life. So I changed the channel. I went back to business school. Um, while I was in business school, I looked for people who were interested in the, in the film and television business. And it turns out they were all working on something called the Wharton Follies. I was at Wharton Graduate School. And I got involved with that. I ended up writing the show. It's a musical comedy review. The second year, I wrote the show. And I uh, remembered how much I loved comedy. So when I came out of school, I said, I want to get into the television business. And I ended up at HBO, which uh, was a very good thing because it was a smaller company. It was really exciting. They wanted to change television. This was in the mid-'80s. Uh, they were extremely successful after being on the air for only a handful of years. And I found myself getting closer to what I wanted to do because they were, they were making comedy. This episode is brought to you by Money Alignment Academy. If you are looking for a financial wellness platform for your company, your organization, and your employees, check out moneyalignmentacademy.com or click on the link in the notes of the show. Nice. What what was it about HBO that you think was 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 so different? Well, it certainly turned out different for me. What I didn't mention is I started my career at uh, after business school at CBS television stations. I worked there for about a year. And I'll tell you, that was a big corporation. That was like working at GM. Yeah. And <laughs> where, where I was a financial analyst. I had really no sort of communication or nexus to the programming department, nor was I likely to have any. And I just, you know, I did what I was doing, which was financial analysis, worked very hard. Um, um, but it really, I realized that this was not the place for me. And as soon as I got a call from a friend of mine, uh, as luck would have it, who had been at CVS, went to HBO, he said, you got to come over here. This place is great. They're looking for somebody to do financial forecasts. 
forecasting and uh, uh, in financial forecasting in the television business the way they want it done. They want an, an econometric model of, uh, of uh, their subscribers so that they knew how many subscribers they would end up with. So I went over there. I did that, which was about, believe me, the last thing I wanted to do at HBO. But I figured, okay, do that. Do the best thing, best work I could. And uh, hopefully I'll get a bit of a reputation. And then I'll tell people what I really want to do. See if that works. And that's what I did. And what you really wanted to do was? <laughs> well, I wanted to work closer to programming. And as a matter of fact, it got more specific than that. Because... When I got out of school, what I wanted to do was work at a comedy network because there were all these new cable channels. It was an all-music channel, all-sports channel, all-news uh, channel. And I said, where's the all-comedy network? I love comedy. Why yeah. isn't there one? I was really surprised and disappointed. So when I got to HBO, I started talking up, you know, an all-comedy channel. Why don't we do an all-comedy channel around here? And I went to uh, uh, ultimately pitch the head of HBO programming on a comedy channel. And she said, that is the worst idea I've ever heard. And she proceeded <laughs> to tell me that it would never work. People don't want to watch that much comedy. Right. Plenty of comedy all over the television dial. And then she said, you don't really know that much about television art, so thanks for stopping by. Uh, and that, that was the end of that. And I walked out, as you can imagine, uh, disappointed <laughs> yeah. that, that I'd been so round rejected. Um, but I knew she was wrong. I knew in my heart that she was wrong. And... Uh, I kept working on it. I just kept working on it for myself and uh, eventually made my way into the chairman's office, also by accident, also by accident. My my uh, <clears throat> my boss's boss found me working on the thing, and he said, you know, the chairman of HBO should really see this. Let's go. <laughs> Took me in there right minute, and wow. I didn't have any, any presentation materials, hadn't thought about what I was going to say. And I had, uh, you know, just a minute to do that as we were walking to his office. But I pitched it, spent 15 minutes, you know, put as much passion in, uh, into it as I could. And, uh, and that worked. So, so that was that. And that's that, that, that one moment right there where you, you were able to pitch the, uh, the executive AHBO and they said, hey, okay, let's, 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 let's start this process. Let's, let's get the ball rolling. Yeah, that was crazy. Um, you know, it, it, it had that moment really kind of, which I talk about in the book, as you can imagine. It was like um, catching a tiger by the tail. I just, I didn't know what was going to happen. I didn't know anything about the comedy business. I'd really been working as a financial and marketing analyst. I love comedy, but that wasn't the business. They immediately teamed me up with some guys who were experts in the business. A guy named Stu Smiley. And... Stu was the head of comedy at HBO, and the first thing he said to me when, when we met was, what do you know about comedy? Mm. And I said, well, not much. And interestingly, Stu wasn't that ready to teach me all about the business, even though he knew about it. He knew the agents. He knew the, he knew the talent. He knew what everything cost and where everything was. I didn't know anything. And he left it to me to figure it out on my own. So uh, comedy was kind of a closed club, I found out. You know, if you were a performer, you were in the business, you were in the club. If you weren't, you know, you weren't. And so I had to sort of fight my way in in the first year. Which I'm sure that, that well, looking back, is, is, is that something you were grateful that you had to do, was sort of elbow your way in? 
Yeah, well, anything that doesn't kill you makes you stronger, said the now dead Nietzsche. Um, I, I, <laughs> I, it was hard. And, you know, the title of my book, the subtitle is How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor. Mm-hmm. And that's really about the first year or two. Because it was extremely difficult, not only for me personally, as I was trying to sort of remake myself uh, and and figure out what a comedy network would be. And remember, I was the guy who introduced the idea. So I was always being put on the spot saying, well, what do we do? What do we call it? What do you think? What should we, you know, how do we arrange this? Um, but on top of that, after we launched, the thing was a complete, it was considered a complete disaster. We got savaged in the press, just savaged. Uh, and I think part of the reason was HBO had been so successful to that point that they um, took a little bit of delight in saying, hey, you know, mm. here's HBO, the big the big shot in the business. Uh, they said they were going to launch a really funny comedy network, and guess what? It's not a really funny comedy network. That was hard. That was hard. And every day for the first year, I came to work wondering if they were going to pull the plug. Uh, thankfully, they didn't. Was, they didn't pull the plug, but there was a, a a competition. We did get some competition. And six months after we launched MTV Networks, you know, the guys who ran MTV and Nickelodeon and those things, they launched a competitor called Ha. And six months after that, we were told that they were, Viacom and HBO was merging the channels. Uh, they were merging the channels. And... It was my job and the job of my opposite number, the head of programming at uh, at uh, their channel, their comedy network, to figure out what the new channel was being was going to be called, what it looked like, how it was going to be programmed, and who was working there. It was really almost as difficult as launching the channel the first time. Oh, I don't doubt that. I could see that being e- e- even harder. Um, so when 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 you launch and the critics all pile on and say that this is not uh, all it's cracked up to be, were they right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, (laughs) You know, part of the problem was Michael Fuchs, uh, who was the chairman of HBO, the guy I pitched, had just a few weeks earlier before I pitched him been named the most powerful man in Hollywood. Wow. And as you can imagine, Michael had quite an So one of the things he did was... Before we got too far into the thing, he held a press conference in L.A. Famous comedians were there. He invited all the press, all the trade press, New York Times, Journal, everybody. And he said, we are about to launch the greatest cable channel that you have ever seen. I mean, those weren't his exact words, but he really put himself out there. He really put himself personally on the line. And I was in the uh, audience kind of going like (laughs) – Cringe. Bring it down a notch, will you? Because we don't know. Give us, give us a little runway here. Yeah. Didn't. And so yeah. uh, as a result, you know, the day we launched was the day they started reviewing us. That's like having your play reviewed when you're, you know, when you've opened in Rochester instead of on Broadway. And, and man, it was frightening. Uh, and Michael was not happy, by the way. Michael was very unhappy. Uh, and uh, I heard a lot about that <laughs> for the next couple months. Yeah, like that. But, but we, uh, I saw signs of uh, success early on that kept me going, you know, in the middle of all the mess. One was we were attracting innovative comedy. We, we got a show in the mail called Mystery Science Theater 3000. Love that show. Which, yeah, 
I know. Can you imagine? 30 years later, it's still on the air. Uh, somewhere. Everywhere. Um, but anyway, they, they sent a cassette and they said, hey, we heard you're starting a comedy network. We've been playing around with this at our local station in Minneapolis. Any interest? And I thought, okay, this is going to work because these guys, you know, where were they going to put this if it wasn't on a comedy network like us? They're not right. going to NBC. HBO would have like laughed them out of the out the door. And we put it on immediately. And of course, it became a, our first, you know, kind of cult hit. How about that? So, I I mean, I'm sure that you and I could talk for for hours and hours and hours about all the different challenges and opportunities and and, and great things and bad things. One of my favorite uh, quotes is that a camel is a horse developed by a committee. And I have to imagine that one of the challenges with putting on a comedy network is having the executives, but then making sure that there's a line of delineation between the executives and the actual artists. So how was that process? The delineation between the executives and the artists is famous in the in the uh, in the media business. It, it, it's called the, you know the talent and the suits. We were called the suits, and uh, that was not a, a um, flattering term. <laughs> the suits, the suits are the ones kind of meddle in whatever you're doing and offer notes that are completely stupid or wrongheaded. Yeah. And the talent are considered by the suits as the guys who won't take any notes or direction and do what they want and throw tantrums. <laughs> that's, that's kind of the, you know, the going in proposition. Now, interestingly, I, and I'm sure people have said this before me, I tried to straddle that. And one of the models, role models I had was Michael Fuchs. I mean, he, he really was a programmer at heart. And he was in the business, so people did take direction from him. Uh, and I found that the more I learned about talent and how they worked, and the more I came to respect the fact that they they were the guys on stage, they were the guys out there in front of people, and that's why they were so concerned with, you know, having a say in what they were doing. Um, and I really learned to uh, give them enough room to do what they were good at, to do what they were best at, but make sure that they were sort of staying at least a little bit on track based on what we originally tried to do. Now, I'm a big believer in serendipity and trying things. And remember, you do a comedy channel, it's not like you're launching a movie where it's, you know, Friday it opens and Tuesday it's either a hit or you're done. This was something we could change every day. You know, this is something we could make adjustments on to every day. So we launched it, didn't sit back and say, okay, I hope this works for the next six months. We were constantly looking at what was working, looking at what was not working, and making adjustments. Were there disagreements? Sure. There were disagreements among, you know, the, the executive staff. Um, and there was, we certainly heard from the talent. I had a lunch, which I write about in my book, where the, the head of the head writer at Comedy Central comedy channel at that point took me to lunch at a strip club i think he did that to disarm me you know he really wanted to make put me off balance and there i am in a suit it's me and him and a bunch of other people let me say that um at a strip club at noon and he's telling me that i don't know anything about comedy and that i should really let him run the channel and it's a great story and a great scene in my book um but that was you know that was what you end up putting up with in these situations yeah, that's a that is a I, I I I can't wait to I can't wait to read that story. Nice. 
Um, in terms of, of now, as 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 you have transitioned away from um, from being in television to to writing, and you're looking at, for lack of a better term, new media. And I think that the new company that was launched was called Quibi, where it was just these short video clips. I, I'm just curious on, on your thoughts on new media, when, when artists can start their own channel on, on YouTube or, or they start their own podcast, um, what, what the future might look like. Interesting uh, and a good question. I will point out that Comedy Channel started out, my original vision of the channel was to do short-form programming, a lot of short-form programming, as well as long-form programming. But nobody was really doing short-form comedy. We did clips, you know, the way clips are put on YouTube now. And somebody pointed out to me when YouTube started growing that, hey, you know, you did clips a long time ago. Now they're kind of a big deal. Around 2004, I, I was still working in television, obviously, and I, I noted to somebody that the technology was such that you could put a television channel out from your garage. Now, when we started Comedy Channel and Comedy Central, that was not the case. Mm -hmm. You needed uplink facilities. You needed studios. You needed all kinds of infrastructure that was very expensive. Suddenly, you're able to sit in front of a camera in your garage and reach an audience of potentially millions of people. Very impressive. Um, the new media that's been coming along um, – including, you know, Netflix, Amazon, the guys who are going over the top and not doing linear channels, which were the, you know, sort of the way channels had been done for the previous 30 or 40 years. Um, of course, that's made a huge difference and has been very successful. It's now an on-demand world when it comes to media. Is that good? Yeah, it's good. Is there still going to be, uh, are there still going to be linear channels for a while? I think so, because that's a Somebody's got to curate this stuff. Somebody's got to say, hey, if you like this, watch this. Uh, and that's a little less of what Netflix and Amazon do. I mean, they try and do it. But as, as an, um, someone pointed out, one of the um, uh, television critics, I guess she was in The New Yorker, said, you know, Netflix and Amazon are doing a great job, but they basically invented, reinvented cable where there's a, a million choices. And sometimes you feel like there's nothing to watch. Now, of course, that's not uh, literally true. But um, – Getting back to your question on, on the short form Quibi, right, mm -hmm. is where you started. Um, they, their approach was, yes, we're going to do short form programming, but we're going to do it at a very high level. We're going to do it at a high level of production with stars, and, uh, and we're going to make the, the business model work. Now, that was, you know, that was very ambitious. I don't think they gave it a whole lot of time, quite frankly. Yeah, I mean, remember the comedy channel, Comedy Central, we were going for two or three years before I started to say, and everybody else started to say, hey, you know, there's light at the end of the tunnel. We're not only going to be successful and break even and make a little money, we can be massively successful. Things are starting to really go our way. Two to three years. I think these guys were up for six months. Um, now, the pandemic got in the way, I presume, maybe. Uh, although that you'd think that would give them more of an access to audience, but I think they had very high expectations in the short term, which is a general problem in business today. Uh, I think, especially for people starting new businesses, they probably weren't making much money and probably said, "Whoa, whoa, whoa, whoa! We're putting a lot into this. Is is this going to work?" And ultimately, they decided no. I think they sold it. 
though, didn't they? Just sell it to... Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, they just turned into it a Roku, I believe. Uh-huh. I just read that maybe a week ago. Yeah, I haven't really been following the action with them because... Fair enough. It wasn't all that interesting to me. Yeah. That's no, interesting, <laughs> but, right? It's but, uh, trying to figure out, is it trying to, you know, pull the plug before uh, before you sink too much money into it or if you do that too early? So it's always a tricky thing. Well, Art, Savage Nation is ready for your difference-making tip. What do you have for them, sir? Well, it's a little bit philosophical, I think, but the difference I'm suggesting is, um, you know, based on my career, which, as you can see, I mean, I started as an economist. I, uh, I went into television and financial analysis. I went to marketing. Uh, I went into programming. You know, I just did lots of different things. And now I'm a writer. Um, I think people should look at their careers uh, as a journey, but not a journey from New York to L.A. when you get on a plane and suddenly you're there. That's like saying, I want to be a CPA. So I'm going to go to school, become a CPA, and when I'm a CPA, I'll think about you know how things work then. I think you should think about it as as a, a car trip across the country from New York to LA, where you can sort of get diverted, you kind of get interested in something, the road's blocked, you end up in some small town you never thought you'd end up in, you meet somebody, things happen, and you take advantage of opportunities, possibly. You know, maybe you don't make it to LA, maybe you stop in Denver and like it, and, you know, that's where things happen for you. But I think a career should be looked at like that because lots of opportunities, lots of serendipity is going to be coming at you. And I think you have to know when you say when to say, OK, I'm going to change directions a little bit because that looks like an opportunity I, I should take advantage of. Well, I think that that is great stuff that definitely gets it. Come on. Come on. Art, thank you so much for coming on. Where can Savage Nation learn more about you? Where can they pick up a copy of comedy, Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor? Um, well, first of all, you can buy that on Amazon or any of the other online uh, booksellers and at your local bookstore. Um, I encourage people to go there. Also to go to my website, which is artbellwriter.com. You'll find out about the book. You can read some other things I've written uh, recently uh, and have some fun there. Um, learn more about me. And then I'm on Facebook. I'm on Instagram. I'm on LinkedIn. And, uh, you know, people can communicate with me through that. Love it. Well, Savage Nation, if you enjoyed this as much as I did, show Art your appreciation and share today's show with a friend who also appreciates good ideas, go to artbellwriter.com. Find him on social media and pick up a copy of Constant Comedy, How I Started Comedy Central and Lost My Sense of Humor wherever fine books are sold. Thanks again, Art. (laughs) Thank you, George. And until next time, keep fighting the good fight because we are all in this together.